You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, March the 7th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. 2022. Yeah, let's get that right, Tom. And I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're talking about the readings for the second Sunday in Lent, which will occur on March the 13th, this coming Sunday. There's an Old Testament reading from Jeremiah, an epistle from Philippians, and the gospel from Luke. Now, this is a coincidence that all three of them appear to be speaking about a similar theme, and we want to take a look at that. I'm going to start with, um, first of all, the Holy Gospel from Luke, where Jesus is told, get away from here for Herod wants to kill you. That's what some of the Pharisees were saying to Jesus. And he said, I cast out demons and perform cures today, and tomorrow on the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way tomorrow and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Now, this kind of is interesting. Where does Jesus get the view that Jerusalem needs to be the place that he needs to go to because that's where they kill the prophets. Well, it actually comes out of the book of Jeremiah that we'll be looking at with chapter 26. And let me read a portion of that. Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people. And he was telling them that because of their unbelief, because of their dealing with idols, because they were not properly worshiping the God of Israel, they would be taken into captivity. And that captivity would be by the Babylonians, and the temple will be destroyed. Now, when the people hear this, it would be like maybe I on the radio am saying that because of the views that this nation has in regard to immoral living, therefore God is going to come and destroy the United States. Well, I think people would be very angry at me because, well, we're a strong nation. Why would that happen? Jerusalem was a center of the Israeli faith, why would God permit anybody to come in there and destroy the temple? No way that that's going to happen. So verse, and we're continuing with Jeremiah, verse 8 says, you shall die. That's what the people are saying to Jeremiah. Why have you prophesied, and you're using the name of the Lord, saying, this house 
shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate, without inhabitant. And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. So Jeremiah was speaking those words at the temple. Now, the officials of Judah heard these things, and they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. And the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, this man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city as you have heard with your own ears. Now, if that isn't a parallel to what Jesus was going to experience on the cross, they wanted to put him to death because he was preaching uh, against Jerusalem. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, in Luke 13, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken. And remember, Jesus had come up to a tree, and it was not bearing fruit. But it wasn't the season to bear fruit. It was a beautiful-looking tree, because the leaves were wonderful, but there was no fruit yet. It wasn't the time of the year. Jesus cursed that particular tree, and the next day, the disciples found that it had withered and totally died. What was that about? It was about what Jesus then said to the temple. It, too, is going to be destroyed. And it was. In 70 AD, the Romans came in and they destroyed the temple. Now, people were not happy to hear that. In fact, they were so unhappy, they wanted to put Jesus to death because he was saying things just like Jeremiah was saying. He prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Now, all that Jeremiah was doing was sharing the message that he had gotten from God to the people. It was a message of law and gospel. The law was, repent of your idolatry, or else God will take you into captivity. The, the gospel, of course, is a remnant were saved, brought back to Jerusalem uh, to continue the line towards Jesus. But at this point, the people were not listening to the gospel because many of them did not believe the gospel. So Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people when they said, you must die. And what did he say? The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city 
all the words you have heard. Now, therefore, mend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. So there he's giving the good news of the gospel. To relent is just another word for repent. And in their repentance, they would be saying, yes, we had done wrong things to God. We have not obeyed his voice. We're worshiping other idols and we're not worshiping God properly. But we relent of this. And God says that, guess what? He will therefore relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But then Jeremiah talks about himself, verse 14. And this is in Jeremiah 26. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. It's almost as though Jesus himself is saying those same words. That, of course, you know, you can put me to death and I will die, but you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves. And that was the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 and the cursing of the temple. No longer is the temple the abode of Christ because he has left the Holy of Holies. He had done that, by the way, uh, during the Babylonian captivity where the Holy Spirit left the Holy of Holies and went up on a mountain. Similarly, at the time of Jesus, remember, Jesus is on the cross and the curtain is torn in two. Now, that was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. And a lot of people, in fact, I used to think this also, meant that now, with the curtain torn, we can enter the Holy of Holies and go to God. No, it's actually the opposite. God leaves the Holy of Holies. Well, where is God today? Well, we're going to be talking a lot more about that when we get to the Pentecost celebration. But that's when the Holy Spirit is given to the people and they are baptized and thousands are saved just in one day. The church begins to really grow then after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the words of the apostles. But guess what happened? According to our tradition, all the apostles, except for John, were martyred for their faith. 
Now, at this point, Jeremiah was not put to death by the people, but they still wanted to put him to death because of what he was saying. We, we find this today in the United States and throughout the world, that many people reject the message of proper pastors because they don't think that they're as sinful as a pastor points out that they are. Uh, for example, yesterday, first Sunday in Lent, we talked about the temptations of Jesus. And after explaining the temptations, we went ahead and showed how congregational members are often tempted the same way because the temptations of Jesus are very similar to the temptation of Eve when the serpent told her to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she said, well, it looked like it was good for food and it would make her wise. And well, there were other reasons. And these were the reasons the devil used against Jesus to tempt him to fail to do what God the Father had asked him to do, to be tempted for 40 days as a parallel to the 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus is Israel, the new Israel, where he fulfills what the old Israel failed to do. And therefore, when he was tempted by the devil, he overcame the temptations. In fact, in every temptation, he would quote a verse specifically from the book of Deuteronomy to show that the de devil was not understanding the Bible. In fact, the devil even tried to use Bible verses. But every time the devil uses Bible verses, they are misused. And we hear that a lot among people today who have left the church and they're in illicit relationships. And why? Because they love the other person, even though that love is really a bad love. It isn't proper love at all. It's the kind of love that, well, Philippians talks about it, and that's the epistle. The Apostle Paul begins by saying, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, isn't that something? That at the time of the early church, there were enemies of the cross of Christ. Notice how important the cross is in Scripture. It's not just enemies of Jesus, but they were enemies of the cross. What does that mean? Well, take a look at what the cross did. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Jesus forgives those. And who is he talking about? 
when he says, forgive them? Well, most people will say, well, those were the Roman soldiers who nailed him to the tree. But no, it includes also the Jewish leaders who said, crucify him, crucify him. It even goes beyond that. Remember, the disciples all fled from Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter then denied he even knew him three times in the courtyard of Pontius Pilate. And Jesus had foretold that he would do that before the rooster crowed twice. These disciples had fallen from their Lord, and they too were included in Father, forgive them. But then there's another group, and that's you and me. Because as we often confess, we fail by thought, word, and deed. That means our sins are not only things we do wrong, but at times things we say wrong and think wrong. That's really sinful. And therefore, the words of Jesus to forgive them, for they know not what they are doing, is very simple to understand. When we sin, and we do it on purpose, we do it because we enjoy it, and we think it's going to be to our advantage. When we come to realize that it was wrong, we become contrite over it and repent of it, ask for forgiveness, and God does forgive us because he's forgiven the sins of everyone. Now, some people would say, well, wait a minute. If he's forgiven the sins of everyone, how come everyone doesn't go to heaven? Because you don't go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You go to heaven because you believe and have faith that Jesus is your Savior, that at the cross he did take care of the punishment for your sins by being punished in your place. That's why the book of Philippians continues about how the enemies of the cross of Christ, how are they enemies? Verse 19 of Philippians 3, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. That's the huge difference between the believer and unbeliever. You have your mind set on earthly things, and your belly is your God. Well, what does that mean? Well, remember one of the miracles of Jesus? It was the feeding of the 5,000. What did the people do? They chased after Jesus, not because they believed he was God, not because they believed that he was their Savior, not because they believed he was going to die in order to save them and redeem them from their sins. No, they chased after him because they considered him to be a bread king. 
a king for this world who would get rid of the Romans, restore Israel to its former grandeur, and give people all the food they wanted, nice houses, and everything. In other words, the God is their belly. And that's a sin we all do, where we often will like to do things because we want to be more secure. Read an article recently about millionaires. What do they like doing more than anything? Some of them. They love to buy more stuff in order that they will be more secure in having things, and they think they can therefore protect themselves from becoming poor. No, their God is their belly. So we go on. But our citizenship is in heaven. So, yes, we may be citizens of the world in the sense that we vote, etc. But our true citizenship is in heaven. But are we in heaven? Well, the answer is at the very moment that you have faith, you are in the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's called the Holy Christian Church. And it means you are no longer a part of the kingdom of Satan, but a kingdom of Jesus Christ you have become a member of. And that often occurs in baptism or when people listen to the word of God and hear what Jesus has done for them. It says, with that citizenship in heaven, we await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, wait a minute. Why are we waiting if we're already in heaven? There's no doubt that in Ephesians, it says that when you are a believer, not only have you been risen from the dead, but you are also seated at the right hand of God because you're part of the body of Christ. He is the head. He's at the right hand of God. And where the head is, so also is the body. So that's why we can pray directly to God the Father through Jesus Christ. So we await a Savior in what sense? First of all, the Savior is named, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what are we waiting for? Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. We talked about this recently, that one of the reasons that Adam and Eve recognized that they were naked is they lost the degree of glory that had covered them when they were created by God. They lost it through sin. You will regain it. That degree of glory is talked about in the Bible that Christians have in heaven. And so you will have a glorious body like Jesus' glorious body. The only difference is that the glory of Jesus will be part of his body, whereas our glory will be reflected glory. 
like Moses had when he came down from Mount Sinai. Remember, his face was shining. And in fact, as he recognized that that shining was disappearing, he put on a veil to hide from the people that that glory was disappearing, thinking, therefore, he would have authority over the people. But it didn't matter whether he had the veil on or off because he was there to speak the word of God to the people. And that's what every proper pastor and parent does, speak the word of God to the people in which we have the privilege of bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And therefore, we too will have a glorious body, much like Jesus. It says, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So in heaven, Jesus will be there. And that's what we're waiting for. That glorious time when there will be no illness, no problems, because as we grow older, parts of the body are weakened. No, in heaven, we will have a perfect body without any sin. And that's why in verse 4 of Philippians 3, Paul says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. What does it mean to stand firm? Well, go back to the transfiguration where God the Father said, listen to him. That is, listen to Jesus. That's how we stand firm, like Jeremiah did, like Paul did, and even like Jesus did to the Father. Tomorrow's Long Gospel with Mark Smith. We'll take a look at the hymn, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart. Join with us. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.